Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 39 of the Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. What's going on, guys? Today's episode is all about green tea and how that compares to coffee benefits. So, (laughs) this is definitely the battle of morning brews. I mean, to be clear, both black coffee, black drip coffee, and green tea are both very beneficial. I mean, there's very clear physical benefits, mental benefits, and social benefits to both of them. But in America, coffee is definitely still more popular, especially more popular than in Asian countries, where tea can definitely be more prominent. So in America, 64% of all Americans drink at least one cup of coffee a day, which is pretty, pretty substantial. And in terms of benefits, I mean, social benefits are definitely a huge one. I mean, both coffee and tea have been used for thousands of years as, as reasons to gather with friends or family, just to discuss ideas, relax, enjoy each other's company. It gives you that excuse to have that social interaction. And we all know that isolation is very bad for you, especially long-term for longevity. Isolation kills. So staying social, engaging with friends and family, and your community are all linked to longer, happier lives, which coffee and tea can help facilitate, which is amazing. But when you think about tea versus coffee in terms of their place in our society, I would say tea is more associated with relaxation, maybe unwinding after a long day or casually reading a book on a weekend, for example. Whereas coffee has been more associated to working and the business world, whether it's picking up the the morning coffee before you go into work or a coffee break with your coworkers. Coffee is definitely associated with working in a business world environment. So let's talk about caffeine. Caffeine is definitely a big factor in both of these. And caffeine can definitely be a super useful energy and mental boost. But researchers still disagree whether or not caffeine serves as a health benefit or a health risk. There's definitely pros and cons to caffeine. And the recommended daily limit of caffeine is 300 milligrams. But the problem is many, many people go over that limit. For example, when you look at drip coffee, one average size cup of coffee is between 100 to 180 milligrams of caffeine. So if you just have two normal sized cups of coffee, you are already at your daily limit. Whereas when you look at green tea, one cup of average green tea, especially when you're brewing it with the tea leaves, you're going to get about 25 to 40 milligrams of caffeine. So it's about three or four times less concentrated in caffeine compared to black coffee. Now, black tea does have more caffeine, but my focus in this episode is going to be on green tea. Also keep in mind that the quality of your tea is very important, both in terms of flavor and caffeine content. For example, something like a whole leaf tea that you brew 
is going to taste a lot better and have a lot more flavor than something like the brown looking kind of quote unquote green tea that you get from a Lipton tea bag, which is very processed. And there's just much less active ingredients, a lot less healthy ingredients in those very processed tea bags. Also, keep in mind that loose leaf brewing or using a tea bag that has those whole leaves in it is going to give you that lower caffeine content that I mentioned earlier, that 25 to 40 milligrams per cup. But if you switch to something like a green tea powder or like a matcha green tea powder where it's actually like literally ground up tea leaves, you're actually going to be getting about the same amount of caffeine as you will with a cup of coffee because green tea leaves themselves actually have more caffeine in them than coffee beans. But the normal brewing process of tea is using whole tea leaves. So you're not getting the whole leaf ground up. You're just getting some of that extracted from the tea leaf. Whereas the normal procedure with coffee is you have ground up coffee beans and brewing coffee from those coffee grounds ends up giving you more caffeine. But again, when you switch to that whole green tea powder, it tends to shift that caffeine balance again and make them much more equal in terms of caffeine amounts. Now, the problem is when you consume caffeine in excess, this can actually lead to reduced concentration, which is the last thing that people want when they're drinking caffeine. It can also lead to feelings of anxiousness and even lead to panic attacks if the dose is high enough. Also, higher caffeine content that you get from excessive coffee consumption can also have a very negative effect on your sleep. I mean, sleep is is magical. It is Sleep is life, literally. It is so important for our health and our longevity goals. The problem is caffeine has a half-life of about six hours. And half-life here is the amount of time that it takes for your body to process and metabolize a certain compound down to 50% of its original level. So for example, if you consume 100 milligrams of caffeine, six hours later, your body is still going to have 50 milligrams of active caffeine in your system. To give you more of a real world example, let's say that you consume or drink two small cups of coffee in the morning, one small cup at 6 a.m., one small cup at 9 a.m. Assuming these are small cups, so about 100 milligrams of caffeine per cup, how much caffeine is going to be in your system at 3 p.m.? <laughs> this is like a math problem. Well, the, the answer, without kind of breaking it down, you can break it down if you want later on, on a piece of paper or in your head if you want. Um, the answer is at 3 p.m., if you have that small cup at 6 a.m. and 9 a.m., at 3 p.m. in the middle of the afternoon, you're still going to have about 90 milligrams of caffeine in your system, which means by, again, six hours later, by about 9 p.m., say it's around the time that you're starting to get ready for bed, you're still going to have about 40 to 50 milligrams of caffeine in your system, which would be equivalent to downing a, a huge cup of caffeinated tea right before bed. And again, this is assuming that you're having two small cups of coffee very early in the day, which I know is rarely the case for a lot of people that I know. Now, sometimes my well-caffeinated friends will try to convince me that their high-caffeine lifestyle does not interfere with their sleep. But you have to keep in mind one very important fact. Caffeine does not prevent you from falling asleep. What it does do is it decreases the quality of the sleep that you do get which means you're going to have more mini wake-ups during the night. And oftentimes, these mini wake-ups, at least normally, 
you don't remember these when you wake up in the morning. You just feel more restless, more tired. But you're not going to remember waking up briefly or falling out of deep sleep 20 or 30 times throughout the entire night. But you're going to have lighter sleep, less deep sleep. And remember that deep sleep is literally healing your body and the sleep that keeps you younger for longer. So it's super important. And when you have less deep sleep and more shallow sleep, more light sleep, you're really selling your body short in terms of its ability to recover and and stay healthy. That being said, caffeine in small to moderate amounts has actually been shown to protect against some neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And it's also linked to a reduction in the incident of type 2 diabetes. Also keep in mind in small amounts, it definitely gives you a mental and energy boost, a performance boost. One last note on caffeine related to green tea. Green tea also has the amino acid called theanine, which can help improve alertness, focus, and productivity Very similar to caffeine, but with none of the caffeine jitters or the nervousness that normally comes from higher caffeine doses. Now, when we talk about antioxidants, coffee definitely contains some antioxidants for sure. I mean, coffee, whole coffee, ground coffee is literally you're just taking a whole roasted dark bean and you're running it through hot water to make the coffee. So there's definitely flavonoids in coffee that are very helpful, very healthy that are similar to something like a roasted cocoa bean that you get. And again, we know that cocoa powder is very healthy for you. But when it comes to antioxidants as a whole, green tea is the real winner here. I mean, it is loaded, loaded with antioxidants that are going to help reduce inflammation, boost your immune system, and overall just help prevent diseases. Catechins are a particular type of antioxidant in green tea, that has been shown to specifically decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease, degenerative diseases, and also help boost your kidney and liver function. So catechins are amazing. The main catechin in green tea is called EGCG, and it has an extra benefit of boosting your fat loss and your metabolism. I mean, caffeine will give you a small boost as well. It's going to give you a little kick to your metabolism, but EGCG gives you an additional boost on top of the caffeine. Flavonoids are another very powerful phytochemical antioxidant that's in green tea that's just going to provide extra health benefits and extra disease protection benefits. Green tea also has some seriously amazingly strong anti-inflammatory properties as well. Now, inflammation is a part of our body processes and it's used for different reasons. But when you have low levels of chronic inflammation, you're going to lead to health problems like rheumatoid arthritis, asthma, even various cancers over time. So anything that you can do to calm down your body's excess inflammation, over-the-top inflammation, that chronic level is going to be really good for your longevity purposes. Coffee also has some anti-inflammatory benefits, but definitely less than green tea. In terms of bone density, green tea also has bioactive compounds, which have been shown to help reduce bone density loss, like osteoporosis, which is a major health problem, especially as you get older. Green tea does this by supporting both the osteoblastic, which is the bone building activity, and decreasing the osteoclastic activity, which is the bone breakdown. So that means you're building stronger bones, adding to your bone mass, and decreasing the amount of breakdown that's happening within your bones, leading to an overall increase in bone mineral density in your body, which is very, very good, very amazing benefit. 
So obviously I'm a huge fan of green tea, especially in moderation. I mean, you could drink, you know, six, seven, eight bags of green tea every day and also start getting some of the negative side effects of caffeine. But overall, if you keep your caffeine intake, your green tea intake in moderation early in the day, there are some huge benefits to your health and there's very, I would say, no side effects. So definitely something you should consider. Some suggestions for you if you are normally a coffee drinker and you want to consider maybe trying green tea for a while. Depending how much coffee that you were used to having on a regular basis, you may, again, depending on your total caffeine intake, not just coffee too, if you have energy drinks or other sources of caffeine, but switching from a total caffeine intake that you're used to down to a lower dosage, that's going to determine how much you're going to feel withdrawal symptoms. And the bigger that change, the bigger that delta, the bigger the decrease in caffeine intake, the more you're going to feel it. And by feel, what do I mean here by having caffeine withdrawal? I mean, the first few days, you're probably going to have a headache, a slight headache. You are probably going to feel drowsy throughout the day and have lower energy levels initially. But you will find that you're starting to sleep deeper at night, almost immediately, because suddenly your body's going to begin to have access to longer periods of deep sleep. So that's going to be healing your body and giving you more sustainable energy throughout the day. Also, if you are struggling with the caffeine transition, having some green tea throughout the day will help you because you are going to get a little bit of caffeine from that. But if you do keep this up, you will notice that you will feel better each and every day of that week that you stick to it as your body begins to kind of remove that caffeine crutch that it's been used to for so long. And once you hit that day five, day six, day seven, once you're working through week two, you're going to feel more and more energy. And that energy is going to be stable energy. It's not going to be dependent on having a stimulus in your system, which is nice. I like having that that freedom. I like not being dependent on a stimulant for energy. Also, if you used to have any kind of nervousness issues or caffeine jitters because of your, your caffeine intake, those will all be a thing of the past now, which is awesome. But overall, caffeine withdrawal is not a fun thing. Definitely not. So make sure that you focus on the benefits of green tea that you know that you're going to be getting and just focus on those benefits. Read about them, learn about them. And focusing on that is going to allow you to get through these more difficult transition times, which again, isn't going to last forever. If you're having a major headache on the first or second day, just keep pushing through. Each and every day will get better. Back in 2008, during my very first bodybuilding show, My coach at the time actually had me taking fat burner pills and a very strong pre-workout energy drink. And I was taking in almost 1,000 milligrams of caffeine every single day. It was crazy. And I felt like a zombie for most of the day, except for my workouts when I felt, you know, fine. I felt normal because I was super caffeinated. But yeah, after my show, I cut out all those products. And it was definitely a tough week or so getting my energy back to normal levels naturally without any of that extra stimuli. But once I got through that, I was so much happier not to have that dependency. Also keep in mind that both coffee and green tea are acquired tastes, very different acquired tastes, but acquired tastes nonetheless. So if you are really not enjoying the taste of green tea, you can always find some herbal green tea mixes that are gonna have a lighter flavor, maybe a little less bitter, maybe a little more sweet. You can also add something like a chamomile tea with your green tea and mix those together when you're brewing for some extra flavor that's not going to add any additional caffeine to your tea. 
Also, you can add things like lemon, like a slice of lemon, maybe even a little bit of local organic honey. Just make sure if you're adding honey to your tea, again, because it is sugar, just make sure that you're swishing your mouth out with water very, very well when you finish drinking. Because sipping things like tea, tea can stain your teeth, lemon and citrus can temporarily weaken your enamel, honey, which is a sugar, like most sugars, can lead to increased mouth bacteria and tooth decay over time. So it may not be the best thing if you're trying to stay on top of your oral hygiene or keeping your your teeth pearly white to add these things to your tea. That being said, green tea does have some antimicrobial properties, which can actually help reduce some of that harmful bacteria in your mouth, like the ones that feed off sugar when you consume sugar in your mouth. But at the end of the day, do what you can. I know that if I'm out with some friends or if I'm with some family in Taiwan and we're drinking tea, I'm definitely going to take my time sipping on tea, enjoying tea. If I'm at some kind of tea house in the mountains of Taiwan, I'm going to really enjoy that tea, really enjoy the scenery and take my time with it. But most of the time, if you look at my day-to-day drinking of tea, I'm more of a drink my tea quickly through a straw and rinse my mouth out with water right away type of guy. But keep in mind here also that if you're a coffee drinker, that you don't get a free pass here as coffee definitely stains your teeth just as much as the darkest of black teas. And it will definitely stain your teeth more than green tea. Plus, a lot of people like adding things like sugar to their coffee, which again is going to lead to more tooth decay over time, like I mentioned earlier. Now, of course, the goal here is not to be perfect because that is impossible and that's just going to stress you out. So don't obsess too much over this. I mean, don't refuse to sip tea and bring a straw everywhere that you go just to keep your teeth from being stained. I mean, just do the best that you can. The most important thing is just to be aware, be informed and do the best that you can and just don't worry about the rest. Also, when it comes to making and brewing your green tea leaves, just one quick tip if you're new to brewing green tea, you don't want to use boiling hot water. That's actually too hot and it can actually kill off a lot of the benefits in the green tea leaves. So stick to a temperature of water of about 175 degrees if you have one of those temperature controlled hot pots. Or if you don't, just use four parts of boiling water to one part of room temperature water, and that'll get you around the same temperature for brewing your tea leaves. You can also reuse the same tea bag or those same tea leaves later in the day if you want like a little bit of extra energy without having significantly higher levels of caffeine from an entirely fresh new tea bag or a bunch of tea leaves. But yeah, overall, I prefer green tea over coffee for these benefits and for the lower caffeine content. But that being said, black coffee without the cream, without the sugar, is still really, really healthy for you, especially in moderation. And especially when you keep it earlier in the day to kind of help minimize how much damage you have to your deeper sleep cycles. But when you compare black coffee to something like a caffeinated drink, whether it's a Coke or a Sprite or an energy drink, or even most pre-workout supplements, I mean, those things, I mean, I hope it goes without saying, but those are all garbage for you. I mean, they're not good for your health. And there's very, there's like no benefits to those at all. They're just sugar, caffeine, water, citric acid. It's terrible for you, especially when you compare it to something like a black coffee that's going to have a lot of benefits, health benefits, 
in addition to the caffeine content. But that's it for this episode. I highly recommend trying green tea if you're not a normal green tea drinker. Try to find a way to work it into your daily routine, especially if you are used to drinking coffee. But whether you're choosing black coffee or green tea, both of them are going to be very healthy for you long term, especially if you're keeping them in moderation. But that's it for this episode. Right now, we're going to roll into Tomco Tip 39, where we're going to be talking about the potential danger of having idols in your life. So let's get into that right now. Here we go. Today on Tomco Tip 39, I want to talk about why it's potentially dangerous sometimes to have idols in your life. Now, as you go through life, you're going to realize one thing. Other people will never be what you want them to be. Never. Now, this is true with regard to your family members, your friends, significant others, and even your idols. Now, it's true. You can find inspiration and learn lessons of how to approach life from people that you look up to in life. But never, ever put them on a pedestal of perceived perfection because that is never going to hold up long term. And this is true with anyone. Anyone that you place on a pedestal in life will eventually show signs of fault, whether it's a weakness or jealousy, laziness, entitlement, uncontrolled emotion and anger. They will not be perfect. No one is perfect. So do not put people that you look up to on a pedestal because it's always going to lead to disappointment later in life. Now, it's important to do good things in the world as a way to inspire other people and to help other people. But at the end of the day, there's only one person who you can try to control, and that is yourself. So learning how to control yourself, learning how to improve yourself and overcome your own weaknesses and shortcomings, that is the most powerful tool that you have in life to live a good life. Focus on who you want to be. Pretend to be the hero of your own story. I love that line. Pretend to be the hero of your own story. The stronger that you make yourself mentally and physically, the easier life will become. So find inspiration from other people's successes and learn lessons from their failures. And learn those and you can apply those to your own life. When you're constantly finding ways to increase your health, increase your intelligence, when you're able to find peace within your own mind, your thoughts and your emotions, you truly get to experience a life on your terms, regardless of what the people around you are doing. And how do you improve yourself? One step at a time, one decision at a time. You got this. And until next time, thanks. Love you guys.